Hi, I'm Alex listening to Shh, I'm watching a movie where we talk through the entire movie. You listen to the edited feed where who would have thought two distracted people podcasting would lead to a lot of dead air. So this is just the good parts, you know, you listen to it on the car or whatever. If you want to listen to the full movie and use this as a commentary track, check out our other feed. Shh, I'm really watching a movie. Really is the added word. Get it? Okay. Anyway, let's start the show. Hey, everybody. Hi. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, Nina, let us introduce you. <laughs> Nina, be, have some podcast guest etiquette. Yes. This is my first time ever being on a podcast ever. Well, so. it's a parent. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> we, so, uh, we're going to ask the people to be guests. They're going to listen to this episode and be like, well, I'm never coming on. <laughs> no, no. You're so this is very exciting. You're allowed to be mean because you're family, I guess. <laughs> yes. Alex is my brother. <laughs> um, so this is our second time that we've done a podcast with a guest. We're opening it up now uh, officially because last night I went to the main stage opening for Second City and I told everyone. And so a bunch of people oh, want to do it. You didn't tell me this, but sure. <laughs> <laughs> Alex, it's official. We're watching Midnight Run with Shane. <laughs> I'll do that one. You watch that one? Yeah. <laughs> He's excited. Okay, anyways, so um, uh, welcome to I'm watching a movie. <laughs> the ADR version. Oh, no, ASMR. So and we have our special guest. Mina Sewell Mancuso. Her real name? Sewell Mancuso. That's private information. Is it private? <laughs> no. I'll fine. edit it out. I'll make a, I'll make a hard beep tone. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, this Actually, is my yeah, Mina. Uh, just to show you that I'm Italian, she's my first cousin because I hang out with many levels of cousin. Yeah. Uh, and Mina's my first. Yeah, and there's no removes. I don't know. We're what that first means. cousin. It's it's a the, there's a whole ladder metaphor you can use. <laughs> okay. I can explain it to you later. But Mina <laughs> is much more knowledgeable about film than I, and I imagine Kalinko a little bit too. Probably, yeah. Yeah. I did go to film school. Yeah, film you, school. You're, yeah you're actually educated. She's a filmmaker. <laughs> she has a, a short film coming out. Uh, are you allowed to talk about it or no? Yeah, um, it's called A Brief History of the Unicorn and uh, we are in the middle of editing and when I say we, I mean I because <laughs> I'm editing it. She's also an editor, director, writer. She's very talented. It's very exciting. Yeah. Speaking of talent, The most talented person in this room yeah. is going to probably talk the <laughs> least. Uh, Doubtful. Uh, uh, yeah. yeah, I am. I. You guys have shamed me into not talking. <laughs> we all have different talents and Mina's are the most apparent. Yeah, Mina's are the most profitable. <laughs> What's uh, your talent? Fart joke? Yeah. <laughs> uh, mine is playing a hyper realist version of myself. Um, <laughs> that is very marketable. Yeah. Um, Do you so, need someone to write a sad sketch? Yeah. <laughs> we got sad sketch and we got broke up sketch over here. Anyways, speaking of talented, we're watching the talented Mr. Ripley, which was a Mina choice mixed with a Vitae choice. Mm-hmm. Well, you yeah. Have to watch this one. I would say, I mean, I really enjoy this podcast because I. Uh, lie directly in between yeah. your two tastes. <laughs> like I do love a rom com. Uh, not all of your rom coms because they're garbage. Yeah, like but I do, I do love a good rom com, and I do love a hyper intelligent <laughs> yeah, sci fi. I, I feel like I tip my hand. I look like such an asshole on this podcast <laughs> because I, I've said it before. I'm like I like a lot of movies. But the problem is, Vitae's seen them. Yeah, like it's like I'd be like, I want to show her Network, but she's like, Yeah, I've seen Network, which I guess falls into hyper, whatever. But I've watched that movie a thousand fucking times. What well, can I I've say, never Alex? Seen I'm network. well-rounded. Oh. Welcome to my side of the street. Uh, <laughs> I feel like you're gonna enjoy. This you're is not a really good like venue for you to be watching this movie, oh, but it's a very good. Did we movie. say it yet? It's the talented Mr. Ripley. You've already yeah. said yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, it, it's really good. It's Anthony Minghella, who's a beautiful director. Mm. And it's Italy in the 50s, but technically 1999. Um, and it's the most beautifully shot uh, murder mystery. Yeah, I, I was going to try and find it to download it. It kept being like crime thriller. I'm like, this doesn't feel, it feels like a my pick. It <laughs> is a crime thriller. I'll tell you what. It is. My pick happens up until, there's a there's a very strong middle point of the movie. And when something happens and then the second half of the movie, I feel like you'll enjoy the second half. Whereas I'm a first half kind of girl well, in this I, movie. I do have to go to work. So let's want to start. Let's start it, start it, start it. Yeah. I don't want to. I don't want to stop this one. This yeah, one's this good, and this one has a really good ending. Oh, oh yes, this is a Miramax joint. Sorry, guys, oh. if that's triggering. <laughs> like, um, let me say, we, this is about the like the like out of the Miramax has made the most movies we watch in this podcast. Look, I'm just gonna put it out there. I'm clearly influenced by men that are problematic because I talk about Woody Allen on every <laughs> yeah <that's true> too. <laughs> on every podcast, and this is the second Matt Damon Miramax film that we've watched. If we watched Goodwill uh, Hunting, we have the three. Yeah, yeah. Because he claims I heard him on Bill Simmons' uh, podcast, and he claims that he only did three movies with um, Harvey Weinstein. And everyone's like, "You're lying!" And Matthew's like, "I worked with him three times in 1999, and that's it." And everyone thinks I'm tied to him. Mm. And it's like, "Well, you are." Those are these are like his three like biggest movies. These are like what started him, really. These are, I'd say, his three best movies. I don't know what's better than Tell Miss Ripley, Goodwill Hunting. Rounders, I don't know. You have a weird, you have a weird issue with rounders. Yeah, <laughs> gambling <laughs> is stupid and dumb. <laughs> <laughs> that podcast is great of just you getting mad at gambling. Well, gambling is dumb. <laughs> <laughs> um, just for Kalenko to know. So right now we're this is mm, the setup he's at. Um, so he's playing at like some sort of fancy rich person party, mm-hmm. and. People think that he's the husband of her, but her husband broke his arm, so he's just filling in. Mm. Oh, yeah. Philip Seymour Hoffman is in this. He's so good in this movie. He's so good. He's good even in movies that are bad. Um, did you guys ever see Strangers with Candy? Yeah. He's the best in that. Yeah. <laughs> he's an amazing comedic sidekick. Actually, that shitty Ben Stiller movie, Along Came Polly. Yeah. He's incredible. He's so funny in it. So, Mina, what are your ties to this uh, movie? Um, I watched it again about a year ago, and I realized that this movie is incredible. <laughs> yeah, it's the best. Uh, but I have no personal ties for it other than the um, fact that it takes place largely in Italy in a very like beautiful locale. We have to put it louder. And we yeah. need. Hang subtitles. on one second. Yeah. I can put subtitles on, but they're not showing up yet. So let me just. Um... Now, interesting thing about Matt Damon in this movie is that Jude Law is so beautiful that it outshines Matt Damon's face completely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Matt Damon looks like a real nerd in this. Yeah. yeah this, 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 where we have it paused right now is... Uh... It's the hair... It the, the way they dress him or something, it makes his face goofier than it is. Um... Jude Law is a golden god in this. <laughs> he yeah, truly it's working, is. Yeah, it's working. But yeah. we can put it up a little bit louder. For, okay. Yeah. Sound. So okay. So this is important. So what just happened was they think that he is the husband of her, mm-hmm. and so he said that he went to is it Harvard or Yale? It's uh, one of those. I think it's. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It's either Harvard or Yale. It's one of them. Uh, and and this is Dickie Greenleaf, which is Jude Law, his dad. Mm-hmm thinks that Matt Damon was in a class with him and Matt Damon is not correcting him on it. Okay. Yeah, and so he's like, oh, you know my son? 
Should I just tell you what the story is so that it, you don't have to follow it and you can just like figure out what's happening? Yeah, I like that. Okay, so the story basically of what happens is Matt Damon, he so he thinks he knows Dickie. Dickie Greenleaf has gone off to Italy with his girlfriend Gwyneth Paltrow and he doesn't want to be a part of his dad's business or anything like that. He just wants to live life beautifully in Italy in the 1950s. And so he sends Matt Damon to go pretend to bump into him and convince him to come home. And Matt Damon doesn't know who he is. Matt Damon has no idea who he is. Matt Damon is a poor guy who is a sociopath. So, yeah, he's a sociopath, this guy. Yeah, he's a straight up psychopath. Yeah. yeah. And so he's going to go and pretend that he knows. He has a thousand jobs because he's, he's not well off. He loves opera. Oh, and he's closeted. Is, there's so much in this movie and it sounds great. Yeah, like, yeah, it's, yeah. Really it's really good. So they're all based on these novels by Patricia Highsmith, um, who I th- I think wrote them in the 50s and 60s. Yeah, she also wrote Carol. Um, and there have been a bunch of movies kind of made around, like there's another version of this one that was made in the 60s called Purple Noon. Okay. And it stars Alain Delon, who's straight fox. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm trying to think of other things you would have seen him in, but like i don't know le samurai like he's in that okay no, never mind no, yeah. he has eclipsed us already <laughs> yeah 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 wait it's okay. uh-huh. that's why we came in hot we had to, sure. we had to look cool oh, <laughs> elaine Bubla is so sexy he has a straight fox truly you would you would die for him alessandra he's like he's the everything. 60s version of a jude law but he plays tom ripley um also there's another movie where um tom ripley is much older and uh, John, Mal- John Malkovich plays him. Terrible. Yeah. Ripley's Game. Ripley's Game. I kind of like that movie. It's not like a great movie, well, but it's enjoyable. Thing. It's a bummer. So Anthony Minghella died, but he was going to make the sequels to the books. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. So, so okay, the series of books are about a guy who doesn't want to be rich? No, no. Don't tell him what the series of books are because okay. it'll give away too much of... I think Ripley's character. Yeah, they're they're just they're just all about Tom Ripley, okay. Matt Damon, and how he goes from situation to situation. Uh, and so yeah, so what just happened at the shipyards was the dad saying, "You go and you um, uh, go and get my son home." And so he has to pretend that he knows jazz because uh, Jude Law loves jazz, and that's what he's doing in Italy too. Is he's just being rich and playing jazz and dating Gwyneth Paltrow. Yeah, so. Matt Damon is a consummate uh, musician, but he only knows classical music, mm-hmm. and now he's teaching himself jazz so that he can ingratiate himself. Yeah, this and, is cool. And he lives in a very <laughs> shitty, shitty but place in New York. So. It's it's very telling of his uh, personality because he just fundamentally doesn't understand jazz. <laughs> he, doesn't, he doesn't understand jazz, but he is willing to do the work. Like the fact that he's willing to go along with this is terrifying. Yeah. Oh, Sydney Pollack is an executive producer. Even this idea to have the color with the yeah. thing is so cool. I think it's very it's very sixties. Like yeah, it's, yeah, it's like a jazz record. I don't. Yeah, he hates it. Oh, my baby boy Jude Law. Fuck. So <laughs> this movie changed me wait, wait, profoundly. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> I have a question, and because because we were fighting over like subtitles and such, all of this like setup of like go to Italy, find my son. That was all like. He plays piano. The old man tells him that. Yes, like immediately. <laughs> I love the Immediately is like, oh, you went to Harvard? Yeah, you must know my son, Dickie. I do. <laughs> Great. My son, Dickie. He talks like that. He's a little bitch. And like, it's basically a dad who, the, the wife is sick. 
and he wants his mm-hmm. uh, his boy to come home and take over the family business because he wants to retire and take care of his wife. Um, but like, this is such a good script in the sense that they got all. I'm sure that is like sixty pages of the book. What we just witnessed in five minutes. I could see it. Be, th- those old 60 pulps, that first chapter is fucking jams. Mm. Mm. It's all like describing the squalor that he lives in. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. yeah. Which is important because Anthony Miguel is really good. Um, it's it's important to see what a shitty life is because it, for a while you don't think he's a psychopath. And you just think like, well, you know, maybe his life is really shitty and he like you'll see Italy. And you're, you're, pro- like, you're probably right. Yeah, we've that, like, majorly spoiled this for you because you really like Tom Ripley at first. You I see. I never I found for me, he comes off creepy immediately. Like Matt Damon's choice is right. OK, so I think the first time I saw this movie and what it would have been like around when it came out. So yeah, I saw it in theaters with my parents. Yeah. How I old saw it were we? Eglinton Cinema. Like very young. And you're like, oh, Matt Damon, he's so cute. He's a little nerd like me. And then you find out what happens. But yeah, watching it the second time, he's immediately creepy. He's creepy because the fact that anyone would agree to that situation is no are you kidding me somebody says hey will you go to italy for free on my very rich ticket but to go convince my son to come home i, I don't know to I mean, lie i mean it's like they don't even know who he is they, don't, they won't even find me again yeah i'd, I'd do that <laughs> yeah he could just disappear into it yeah and it's the 50s like as as there's a google yeah, that's <laughs> yeah true. your passport is just a handwritten note <laughs> he could have just left couldn't he have Man, it must have been so easy to forge passports in, like, the 50s. Okay, so this is important as well. Oh, yeah. So Kate Blanchett is just another rich woman Mm -hmm. who also knows Dickie Greenleaf. So he's immediately lying and saying that he's Dickie Greenleaf. Okay. And um, so him meeting her is a little bit... It's a seminal meet. Yeah, she sees his luggage and assumes that he is Dickie Greenleaf. So he's also pretending to be a rich guy to, like, get laid. Yeah. Yeah. To this is fun. Yeah, this movie's bomb. Um, people didn't like it though. I remember it really? getting lukewarm what? reviews. No. Vanessa came home from the theater saying she didn't like it, and so the me- my mom was like, "Well, we're still gonna go because I want to see Italy," which is why my parents go to the theater. <laughs> <laughs> and then we went and we were like watching it, and I was like, first of all, I can't handle July." I remember like shifting in my seat, <laughs> and and then being like, "This movie's also very good." Vanessa was wrong. Sorry, Vanessa. She doesn't listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Oh, uh, my God. Italy is just the freaking best. So uh, they go to, a, I think it's a fictional place where they go to. Really? It's called Bella, Bella Manja or something. Or Manja Bella. Manja Bella. Eating beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, that really, that, 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 that truly does sound fictional. Yeah. I mean, they're in, I want to say, ah, I don't want to speak without knowing. I'm going to look this up. The, uh, I do like that your parents' favorite version of a like movie would just be like an Italy tourism board video. Yeah, that's my dad. My dad will watch movies with the sound off. <laughs> well, that's part of the reason Call Me By Your Name is so good. Which is why I called him homophobic for not watching it. Because I was like, you know, if it was two women, you would have watched that movie. Like, this is the definition of the type of movie you love. Mm-hmm. And he was like, oh, well, and he made like a joke. And I was like, how dare you? <laughs> 
Clarion name was good, but yet very long. So like any movie that I think that takes place in actual Italy is then becomes like three hours. Yeah, yeah. you can't you can't cut that vista short. <laughs> this is my parents was their favorite part is that they get off the bus and there's two men that are just singing to each other. Yeah, so it's it's filmed on Ischia and Procida near Naples, but it's oh. the fictional town of Mangiabello. Yeah, of course it would be filmed. This Finds is where he instantly. filmed. Um, yeah, Mamma Mia, Jula. This is where he filmed. So Ischia is where he filmed uh, English Patient. You haven't seen the English Patient, right, Alex? Nope. Sorry, buddy. Oh, you We're should do that one that. too. Yeah. yeah, it's really good. That one's really, really good. And I can just talk about all the times that I house sat for Michael Antacci. <laughs> <laughs> I was in one of the deserts where they filmed part of it in Jordan. Oh, my God. God, that movie's amazing. And they, they take you to the Vista and they're like, this is the English patient Vista. The movie is amazing and the romance is unreal. It's unreal. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, the lime green. These little lime green stuff. <laughs> his horn-rimmed glasses. Like, look at his beautiful body, though. That is some work. So pale, though. Yeah. The, he's fine. No one's worried. For <laughs> no, 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 no. Just compared that to is, everyone else in the frame. He's he insanely ripped. Yeah, yeah, he's like a prisoner ripped. Yeah. Like, that looks like jail to me. <laughs> you know who's not? My baby boy, Jude Law. He's got a soft little bod. <laughs> like, okay, yeah. It's, it, 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 this is a horny frame. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, a ho- it's a homoerotic film. The, the, everything here is very horny. Yeah. Like, even the extras are horny. Oh, yeah. Well, that's Italy. Italy's a little bit horny. <gasps> is that why I'm horny? <laughs> you're the you're the female equivalent of an Italian stallion. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so horny, you guys. It's a problem. I mean, I don't know how you couldn't be with Jude Law right Holy there. Holy effing moly. It's uncontrollable. Yeah, he's attractive. <laughs> You're all right. Just a whisper. He's right. Yeah, you are gonna regret inviting me on because I'm just gonna be echo chambering <laughs> Alexandra's like. I'm gonna be bullied by, back the, by at this her. couch. <laughs> Nothing to bully if you don't agree. You're wrong. <laughs> Jude Law is the type of man that he crosses all boundaries. This is a. Um, he looks like a Greek statue. Yeah, like you would like paint a bronze him. god. You would paint him. <laughs> movie's two and a half hours long. Well, yeah, and a lot of it is Jude Law shirtless. Yeah, a lot of it is Jude Law looking. And if he's not shirtless, he's wearing fun little 50s outfits that look great on his skinny little bod. <laughs> this could, this, oh, that's this. another thing. So he's like a mean, mean guy, Dickie Greenleaf. He's like a shithead brat, yeah. but he's so charming. And there's a part where he makes fun of him for being pale, and then she's like, oh, calm down. And he goes, that's okay. Marge is really pale, too. <laughs> like That if this movie was accurate, Jude Law would just be hounded by women like running down the street at him. No, he's the type of hot that you couldn't approach. <laughs> yeah, it, it's he's blindingly unapproachably like, You hot. would be scared. <laughs> so like now he's late for lunch because he was fucking somebody and he's lying. I hate him so much. <laughs> and even the blonde in his hair is so beautifully done. I, I wish he had. I wish it was the exact same movie only he had like the frosted tips the frosted <laughs> tips. those 90s frosted tips alex and i have watched many a movie with a frosted tip i i love that in keeping the faith oh my the, god that the the our theory of that uh what's his face edward norton was on rounders yeah his saw saw matt damon with frosted tips went i want that yeah. <laughs> oh he had his haircut too he had like the weird like yeah yeah the bowl weird cut. bowl yeah that was popular in the 90s <laughs> 
I feel like this is the role that like Gwyneth Paltrow is really good in this too because she is just playing I imagine herself yeah but she she does a lot of really good work in this movie no no I like Gwyneth Paltrow I don't hate her like everyone hates her and I don't well hate, she's become something else I don't hate goop have you gone on the website it's interesting no. Do we not, no? Yeah. But have you gone on the website? Yeah. No, but also, like, just don't tell people to do questionable health things. But she's not telling. It is a lifestyle magazine where they talk about stuff and then the media overblows it. They say, I tried doing I didn't this. I expect they didn't that say today would that. be. And first of all, I expect today or you to be the person to defend Gwyneth Paltrow. Oh, I goop. am a Gwyneth Paltrow apologist times a thousand. I will say, though, you bought me those goop. And how was uh, it? Bath how were they? Nice. They, they were, were very nice. They were strange. They smelled um, earthy in a way that I did not expect a bath salt to smell. But, uh, but what happened in that bath? <laughs> it's private. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was a good bath. It's a relaxing bath. Yeah. Did you get laid with bath salts? <laughs> Yo, Mina fucked that bath. <laughs> yeah, Mina. <laughs> okay, so what's happening right now is now um, Matt Damon has disclosed the plan. So instead of tricking Jude Law into coming home, yeah, he just tells it. He just tells him immediately, and he's look. He's listen. Hold on, I can't listen. His eyes are too green. But like, okay, so that's the whole thing. Um, yeah. Jude Law. When casting directors found him, mm-hmm. like, what do you do with his face? Like, I can't. And he's actually a good actor. He had too. to have been doing modeling before right or am I wrong I think he his first film I know he's very short though so I think uh, modeling not so much in the cards he's not that short I saw him in real life oh yeah he's not that short he's maybe like 5'9 okay he's actor height oh I guess he's not model height yeah I don't know if that makes as big a difference for men though yeah I don't think so either um look at this place Italy is magical I can't believe I'm going to Spain um, you're you're, you're always a, going somewhere. You're on their vacation. So jealous. <laughs> yeah. How do you do this? I got an inheritance. tough for me. Um, yeah. Look at this. Look at where they live. Everything's just like pastels and like this is you my, can smell the salt water. Yeah. This is my dream uh, color scheme in my house. Like I would want my house to look like this, but somehow in... I don't know where I want to live. Not Toronto or Italy, though. I don't really want to live in small town Italy. No, you would. Yeah, no, definitely not. I don't know what happened where jazz became like a punchline, but. Is jazz good? I don't know. Just like it's kind of like a joke to be like, you like jazz now. It's just a very funny joke to me. <laughs> well, Jude Law's the original like fuck boy of this nature in the yeah. 50s, I guess. Like to be like, you like jazz? I'm white and rich and it's mine now. <laughs> it, yeah, yeah, you know what? It's Yeah, it is like the 1950s equivalent of like. Some guy, like a white guy, just being like, "You like hip hop?" Like it yeah, is. <laughs> it's true though. You like real hip hop? A rich white dude liking jazz is the ultimate of cool. Like it would mean that he's like not racist in that time. Like it would, like, or not outwardly racist. Yeah. Probably still quite racist. Oh, he's <laughs> watching white guy jazz, but mm. not as racist as his dad. Well, this is Italy. Like, oh, there's yeah. not going to be a lot of black people in Italy. Ironically, they chase them out. yeah. Well. <laughs> If you were to go to the south, there would be because right. it's really close. But this to is the oh, south. No. This is if it's no Naples, Naples is center. It's pretty. It's like it's crossing the line. Like if if Rome is the middle, then it's further south. It's southern. It's south to Rome for sure. But yeah. it's not like it's not like Calabria. It's not the deep south. No, no, it's not the deep south. That's where we're from. Yeah, we're of the earth. 
Do you see what just happened? A woman just sat on his lap and just kissed him. I love the song when I was I know. a kid. Oh my god. Oh, whiskey and soda. <laughs> Rock and roll. You joke up. Baseball. I do love my one of my favorite things is like other countries like weird totemistic version of like being like rock and roll or jazz like american style like music and they're always like oh, their touch tones are always like yeah. baseball rock and roll apple pie <laughs> yeah. and like, yeah. like just like like japanese like rockabilly is so funny oh yeah oh. this is where i get it tom ripley come on Venica. <laughs> okay so i had the soundtrack and i listened to it a lot <laughs> the soundtrack's great is is like I'm in on this movie. Yeah, it's, it's fun. It is fun, <laughs> and then it gets weird. Anthony Mangella. It's really sad. He died. Uh, he had surgery for his heart, and he died in surgery. Aww. Um, had not made his best work yet. I don't think. No. He did English Patient. Still amazing. Cold mm. Mountain and Talented Miss Ripley. Those are like his cool, three. I like Cold Mountain. Yeah, those are his three biggest hits. I don't know what else he's done. Those are like the most mainstream hits. I didn't love Cold Mountain. I like Cold Mountain. I didn't love Cold Mountain, uh, especially because it was his reunion with Jude Law, and I was really looking forward to it. Uh, but I just didn't like the story of Cold Mountain. Mm-hmm. I don't. It's kind of westernish. Yeah. Not for me. I once had a dream that I sang this song at karaoke. <laughs> Good. Just, just it, do it and again. just Vita would be going insane. <laughs> just, ah, Ripley. But then they made it into uh, a dance song that was very famous a couple years ago. The one that goes Papa Americano. That's from this, really? This, yeah, that's oh. the song. Well, they didn't write this song for the movie. It's like an existing. No, song no, no. From this is time. an Italian pop song yeah. from the fifties. Whatever this hair color is, if men want to go blonde, that's what they should do. So I don't know what this is, but do that. <laughs> don't, yeah, bring in a still from this movie. Don't and be like, do whatever Ed Norton had in Keeping the Faith, or whatever Matt Damon had in Goodwill Hunting and Rounders. God, Rounders, it was distractingly terrible. Because they also like it was all color corrected to be wonky, so it was <laughs> so bright, green and something. <laughs> so, it, so these are a series of books. About Matt Damon being a psychopath? Yeah. Yeah, basically. You'll see. You'll see. We'll, we'll talk about like it extensively. always like such an interesting way. <laughs> yeah, we'll talk about so, it after an event occurs. Uh, so I li- like the idea that it's... Because um, it, now I'm like, oh, it's like those books, like, you know, like Perot novels or something, where it's like it's kind of like a similar like closed door mystery each time, but instead it's like a similar social sociopath mystery stuff. Like yeah. kind of, yeah. It's like it is, yeah. I mean, I've only seen this in Ripley's game, so I can't tell you for sure. But <laughs> look at this. Look at these. This on the door. This is why I want You my love room. interior design this movies. That's what I want. Oh my you God, I love, love it. I if love Nancy interior. Myers did this, you, your brain would be blown at the back. Well, Nancy Myers, this is the source. I feel like anyone that has beautiful uh, interior design in North American films borrows from this European, like, things that the house just comes with. Like, the house comes with those frames. Not the pictures, but, like, the way the, yeah, the door looks. structurally integral to the house. Yeah, yeah. It's... Oh, baby so happy. Just Jude Law and nice houses. I can't. <laughs> I'm so tired. This is so good. <laughs> yeah, we are. All of us are not at our best. The I thing think. about no. Jude Law in this movie, though, is I, I would. Though. Yeah. 
I would hate to be around him. He is the type of good looking and charismatic that would make me feel insecure and not good enough all the time. And this movie has a really good way of making you feel uncomfortable when like too bad we're talking through it because when Tom Ripley feels like an outcast, you feel like an outcast. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You like you can feel there's a part where Gwyneth Paltrow says when you hang out with Dickie, it's like the sun is shining on you. And then when he finds a new person, he kind of shifts away and you feel that in the movie. Look at this outfit. Like, what is it? I don't even understand it. I love it. Yeah, it's like a mesh uh, golf shirt. Yeah. <laughs> and you missed the part where he was imitating them both perfectly, and it was very eerie. Yeah. He's oh, looking yeah. in the mirror and being like, you like everybody. Oh, Marge, you like everybody. Anyone ever been sailing? No. I once went on a first date. Uh, sailing which was a bad choice because you're trapped in the water now yeah exactly but what Um, but isn't there something to like don't you have to do stuff like to make it go it was a very small boat and so he was taking care of everything but yeah it was one of those things where like he could just push me into lake ontario right now yeah (laughs) bad news bears how'd you meet him at a concert Oh boy! Yeah, I know it was a it was a mistake, but I mean, fine. Ultimately, fine. Just yeah. a boring date. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I like. Obviously, your fears are probably greater than my fears of like I'm like I'm not gonna go in a boat and get murders is like distant on my fear. Oh but, yeah, that but, was pretty pretty high up there. Yeah, yeah. But like, but like, I'd be like, I'm gonna go on a boat. And it's gonna be boring. <laughs> and then, Un- unfortunately, this is a new uh, fear that I have with dating is when I'm like. This person's quite physically stronger than me. Oh, he could hurt me. Like this is like a new thing that I think of that I never thought of before. Wait, are you trying to tell me that when you were dating Ben, that it was you didn't have that fear? <laughs> yeah, probably what? just because you're going on more dates now. Yeah, 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 I'm just going on more dates with men that have muscle definition, and that it's. <laughs> 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 yeah, Ben and Greg. Not uh, actually. No, I take that back. Greg would kill me in cold blood if he heard me say that he wasn't <laughs> strong. <laughs> <laughs> He's the type who's very like uh, compact, but then has secret muscles. No, no, Greg is strong. Re- Greg works out. Once I woke up to him working out, watching that. Werner um, Herzog. Werner Herzog we, we thought about this. Yeah. <laughs> he works out a lot and he talks about it. Look, everyone's fine. Um, <laughs> did I ever feel like Greg could overpower me? No, I didn't. Like, what are you going to do? <laughs> I'm sure he could, but I didn't feel it. <laughs> Oh, man. Gwyneth Paltrow is just living the life. She is also independently wealthy. She's dating a wealthy Jude Law. Just living in Italy for living the summer. In Italy for the Wearing summer. a lot of, like, cool cotton skirt sets. And she's just going, oh, my, my boyfriend, he's only a little bit gay. <laughs> That's another thing. Like, Jude Law, we're pretty sure is gay in this. Well, Bisexual. I mean, yes. The, I would he, say. So far, he slept with, like five women so Silvana who he has an affair with needs to talk with him FYI and he and he's not okay yeah he's 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 avoiding her her. and she needs to talk with him to go on a very close scooter ride with Tom yeah now he's singing my funny Valentine and it makes me feel embarrassed (laughs) this movie makes me remember like it's it was a very visceral experience when watching it as a child because I was turned on so extremely <laughs> <laughs> I, I was like, like you were like what 10 no 11? i would have been this when is after titanic 99 
Oh, I'm 11. I would have been 12. I'm yeah. prepubescent. Yeah, this movie would have hit me at exactly the right time. Yeah, this this is the first time that Jude Law was like, I had, had crushes on like Matthew Perry before. You know what I'm saying? I like the I like the idea that you watch this movie and you're just squirming and have no idea what's happening. I don't know body. what's happening. <laughs> like watching it, being like, but he's too beautiful. I remember like being in the car driving home with my parents and then my mom being like, that Jude Law is amazing, and I was like, yes, and he's very handsome. <laughs> <laughs> like just gripping the dashboard, <laughs> nail marks in the side of the car. <laughs> I guess you know when you're gay and you like have that experience to like prove like oh I'm gay because of this. This yeah. was my like oh I am heterosexual because <laughs> of him. Mind you, he is kind of feminine. He's pretty like a woman. Pretty like a woman. <laughs> my favorite Stone song. <laughs> so now they're they're writing stuff to get the dad to um, give them more things, and so basically, if in case we were talking through it. He's obviously getting closer with Jude Law. Hmm. And he's, he's teaching him how to like finesse money. They're both doing it. Hmm. But Oh, now he's trying to show him how to forge people's signatures? Yes. Yes. Well, no, he needs his signature for something. Matt Damon, you know, he he honestly, this was a, a lukewarm reviewed film. Hmm. And Matt Damon definitely didn't get anything. Like, like Jude Law got nominated for an Academy Award, and I'm pretty sure it got nominated for Best Director. I don't think it got Picture, though. It, but it got, like, technical awards and stuff. But Matt Damon makes really good acting choices in this movie. Uh, like, he's good. And mm-hmm. I just feel like people don't talk about it enough. <laughs> yeah, I don't... I have an answer for you. Yeah, people don't really remember this movie. Like, it's not something you're like, oh, this this is a paragon of such and such. It's you know just why? Because like there were so many good movies at this time. Oh, yeah. So a little while back, um, uh, TIFF did a retrospective of the best of 99, and this yeah. was on the, on the r- roster, oh, really? but it didn't even make it to the screen. F- no, I don't think. Or maybe it did have one screening. But well, I would have watched this. In I theaters. think they ultimately voted Fight Club was the best of ninety nine, and I am very upset They're about that insane. decision. I mean, I like Fight Club. Yeah, I mean, yeah. sure, d- but you like, know who decided? Oh, no, no, it was no, no, yeah, it's not the best. A twenty five year old boy. on that list were unstoppable. It was like what Virgin Suicides, yeah. this movie, uh, The Matrix. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know the if The Matrix holds up. I watched, I watched up, The Matrix recently, and I was still. like, oh, no. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. yeah <laughs> it's no. way worse than I don't want to be a jerk, but The Matrix is what made stupid people feel smart. For yeah, a uh, for a while, yeah. I said that once in an improv class where we were all like, talking about like how story works and someone explained the matrix like we were talking about like the the hero's journey yeah. and like through the it matrix does hero's journey yeah, yeah. but then as they finished explaining it i was like <laughs> movie's the worst <laughs> and then everyone was so mad at me i think people retroactively think it's the worst because the f- two and three are so bad Dude, they're really bad it's some butt yeah so he was <laughs> taking he, they literally were taking a bath Okay, so Jude and Law he came in to about, talk to him? No, they're playing fucking chess in the back. Oh, right. He's doing it on purpose a little bit. Yeah, yeah. A lot. But I don't it. think he's doing it to have sex with him. I think he's doing it to be adored because Dickie needs a lot of attention. Oh, yeah, 100%. Um, yeah, Fight Club is a weird pick for Best of 99, although I do... It's a it's a stronger. The problem is Fight Club is dumb guys love it. 
Yeah, it's become something else. It's become yeah. like held up as this paragon of sort of bro. Yeah. Like the but like I always wonder like cinema will... bros. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just irk yeah. me. Irk <laughs> me so much. Yeah, I don't like I mean, I've, I've seen Fight Club. It, 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 if you're a dude, I'm sure it speaks to you more because there can't be a movie that would less I could understand because I don't know what that means to need to beat the shit out of something. I think the end of the movie to me is all the cinema bros. Like, did you watch the last like 20 minutes of this movie? Because it basically is just like, yeah, everything that happened, this is bad. Like, if you lean into it, you're become a worse and less happy person. Mm-hmm. And they're like, uh-huh, I ignore that. <laughs> I've started a fight club in my basement. Will you come? I'm not supposed to talk about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you like this queenie fight club guy? <laughs> fight club really did inspire people trying to do fight clubs. I remember going to a yes. birthday party, a sleepover birthday party in grade eight, and we all tried to fight each other. Because <laughs> of fight club. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so now that. they're taking a trip to Rome, just the two of them. But they're gonna meet my baby boy Phil Hoffman. I love Phil Seymour Hoffman. I was uh, I was talking to someone about this. Is like, what makes him so good? Is it that just he is this disheveled guy who can play a disheveled guy with like depth? He's no, not so disheveled he's here not disheveled. in this one. I I think he is a um, one of those actors that is a vessel. Like yeah. he he doesn't it's not inside i love this what is it it's not outside in it is inside out he is like a hollow vase and whatever it is he can just yeah do you remember him in moneyball yeah he's in it for one minute and he is the best part of that movie yes yeah he's incredible did you ever see did you ever see the master oh my god i love master yeah yeah, he's the best. He, like, the master is good, and obviously, there's like a lot of very talented people working on it. At the same time, my full memory of it is just him. Like, yeah. my full memory of it is. Oh, I remember Joaquin Phoenix on like a boat. Oh yeah, yeah. So yeah. beautiful. Yeah, Joaquin is mesmerizing in that movie. Yeah. Um. That so great. I think Philip Seymour Hoffman is more Dickie Greenleaf than Dickie Greenleaf. Like he represents to me the type of rich boy that I knew in high school really, really well. He also is clearly gay as well. They're like all of Jude Law's friends are in love with him, but there's something about extreme beauty that they attract that kind of friendship. Because mm-hmm. when I was in elementary school, I grew up with this girl Natalie who was beautiful. She's like half German, half Trinidadian. Lovely. Yeah. We're still friends, but like really fun human yeah, as yeah. well. But how she looks now is what she literally looked like in grade five. Like she was really pretty immediately. Yeah. And all of her friends that were her age, that were her, like, girlfriends, they didn't seem like friends. They seemed in love with her. It was very strange. And I think it was because beauty attracts an, a, a weird set of followers as opposed to, like, I don't know. It's hypnotic in that way. Like, you, people are drawn to it in a way that you can't describe because, like, we're socialized and raised to believe that it's so important yeah because like natalie we knew since we were like in grade one before beauty was like a thing that existed but when she was like in grade five all of a sudden she had all these friends that were just obsessed with her in a very strange way um it's almost like you believe that um like at that age especially that if you are close to something beautiful then it like rubs off on you kind of in a magical thinking kind of a way 100 percent. i feel that's why we like watched tv and listen to the music that we listen to at that age because you think like if i am a part of this i am if i associate myself with it i become it yeah that actually that makes so much sense if you just you can break that down to any 
any any kid at that age, mm-hmm. whatever media they're consuming, they're like, if I consume only funny media, I'm funny. If I consume only whatever, I'm whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But then mm-hmm. Tom Ripley is like that, but grown up. And that's yeah, yeah. all that he's doing. He's just becoming a chameleon to become yeah. the most beautiful, like desirable yeah. object. But he's empty himself. See, a lesser um, screenwriter would have probably included his past in this movie. To explain him a little bit. More. Oh, you so, they, I, I think that would hurt the movie so hard. I think hard. so, too. Mm-hmm. But I do think it's important to know, like, well, because the thing is, like, we're learning about Tom Ripley. Like, we don't know that he's a freak until, like, we're, we're slow. Like, right now, we're starting to feel uncomfortable by him. But this is the true Tom Ripley, him singing to himself in the mirror. It's so funny. And, <laughs> but also unsettling. This is in the- it's very embarrassing. Like, I remember feeling profoundly embarrassed by this scene. Oh, it's so embarrassing. Yeah. And then just so I'm, cause I, I, I liked it, but I'm not sure if I was following along of like, he was just, be- he was just enjoying jazz in the listening booth. So it wasn't even missed- jazz. It was like, like some kind of like forties Fred Astaire, like la di da waltz. What, what happened was Philip Seymour Hoffman has come unexpectedly on this trip yeah. and Jude Law's completely abandoned yes. Tom. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And yeah. He, took, he took the train back by himself that they didn't want to miss. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But what's interesting is that, like, so Tom Ripley's like a psychopath or a sociopath. And this is what always happens is they're liked for a little bit, but they can't be liked for long. People start to turn on them. Well, because he can't maintain the illusion forever. Yeah. 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 Because he's putting up who he isn't, I guess. That's a dumb thing. Well, and Philip Seymour Hoffman is like... uh, you're right he is more dicky than dicky but he's like because he's coming in as the outsider he immediately sees uh tom for who he is yeah yeah he hates tom immediately yeah but he also what sucks is that he sucks too so you hate him too you kind of hate everybody in this movie there's not a single person that you want to be on their team but what's weird is that yeah maybe marge um but normally that makes a movie so unlikable, and this movie is so enjoyable all the way through, even though everyone's an asshole. Everyone's think, a profound asshole. I think some of my favorite movies are everyone's a profound asshole, because if it's done right, they're not. There's a difference between being unlikable and being. Literally, I was saying this yesterday. I was writing with public works. There's just between being unlikable and being abrasive. It's like an unlikable mm-hmm. character is more interesting than a likable character. An abrasive character is. Like that's like a tool. You can't like hang a yeah. thing on. A I think character. as long as you're authentic, you can really be anything. Yeah. And and there is an authenticity to uh, Jude Law and to especially Philip Seymour Hoffman's character. Like Tom Ripley. I don't know. I don't know that person. I'm lucky enough to have never met a Tom Ripley. You yeah. probably do. I just haven't realized it. Yeah, yet. Yeah, you probably just don't know them well enough you to dated know. Them. Have I? No. <laughs> it's a possibility. Maybe no. you're just lucky enough to like get away. F- you know sooner. what? I talk a lot of shit about the people that I date, but they are authentic. They really are. Like sometimes when I'm hanging out, I'll remember like if I talk shit about like Greg or something like that, and I'll be around me people. I'll always have like a flash of like, oh, at least these people were real. Is mm. what I think. Mm. Um, so no, I don't hate sociopaths. So thank you very much. <laughs> You're the one who says that. <laughs> I hate my tooth. <laughs> They're emotionally stunted, but that doesn't make them sociopaths no. necessarily. No, no, no. Man, it's a good thing Greg doesn't listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> he might. You never know. He might. You know Natalie, what? Natalie listens to this. Let's she find out. Me about it. 
Let's find out if Craig listens to this because he definitely stalks me on other social medias. Yeah. Check it out, buddy. This is the third time you've said that. And I'm, I'm always like, and when, and when I'm editing this, I'm always like, should I cut this out? No, let you leave it in. I want him to know. <laughs> Actually, cut it out. I don't want him to think I care. <laughs> See, it's this. It's the, I cut out so much of you. Cut it out. <laughs> Leave it in. No, I should cut it out. <laughs> it's what my fans like to hear. Oh, <laughs> uh, you, you, uh, you have plenty. A, a bunch of like my friends are have become fans of you from this podcast. Just out of like, oh, she is so much. Like he's like, God, <laughs> like good in a positive way. Listen, I'm on Elben book. Uh, um, fun fact about Alessandra. Yeah. Um, the, when we were kids, uh, my dad uh, had a decibel meter and we all had a competition <laughs> to see who could scream the loudest. And Alessandra won by a long mile. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I got a loud voice. We did, we, did, we did that too with my brothers. And like, you'd think I'd win as like loudest brother. Like, because I always get called like loud and improv and shit. My middle brother destroyed that meter <laughs> and he's probably the quietest one like, like you would if you met all of us you'd be like, oh that's the quiet one and like he was he can be so loud oh okay just back to the film for one second um jude law so gwyneth paltrow's pissed at jude law uh because she's treat he's treating matt damon like shit and he's being rude well, he's treating her like shit and he's treating too. her like she's treating everyone like shit right now and so then he took her below to apologize and then they had sex and it made everyone uncomfortable on the boat because it's a very small boat yeah, and Tom weird. is very in love with yeah him. but Tom was spying and Philip Seymour Hoffman called him out on it uh, on the loudness thing I just remembered of uh, my girlfriend came to Christmas and then someone was asking like how was Christmas and she's like it's loud <laughs> like it's just like it's it's not like it's loud that's because you date nice little waspy girls you gotta date them loud idolos I guess <laughs> <laughs> I know like other people have like other my friends have come over for dinner and they've just been like, oh, yeah, your family's like, it's not like you're yelling. Just everyone is loud. Like, that's everyone... Yeah, that's my family. Yeah. actually. <laughs> it's not like you're even fighting. It's just like someone like being like, today I went to. <laughs> people think that we are fighting. So that's the girl uh, he was. He was having on. the affair with. Yeah. 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 One of the women. Yeah. And she really wanted to talk to him. I mean, relax, Sticky. But yes, Italy, small town Italy, doesn't have a lot of stuff that we would need to survive. No, in 1950, after I can't the, imagine after the Second World War. I imagine you just oh, yeah. <laughs> you survived by the ocean, and that's that. Like there was food, and that's about it. Did they have indoor plumbing? Uh, yeah, <laughs> they yeah. definitely I had mean, houses. Yeah, that's not indoor plumbing. Well, that's, the, that's the opposite of indoor plumbing. But like we could take a, sh- a bath. Oh, you know what? They didn't. You for sure had to like go fill up water and then like bathe yourself like that. Mm. Well, it depends. Probably like a couple nice houses in this town have running water and yeah. indoor. Plumbing, I mean, Rome, but... the Roman Empire did. That's why they all were crazy because they were all had lead and oh, mercury poisoning. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you know what? They probably did. Nah, Italy's pretty advanced in terms of like technology. In terms mm. of like. I don't know what you would call that technology. Not computer technology. Like they created like infrastructure. Yeah, they created the arch. <laughs> they did stuff like that. So she was pregnant. He impregnated her, and she wanted to um, tell him. And he and he said, "Mava Napoli" is what he said to her. And then she was like, "But I'm in Napoli." Anyways, that was a little <sighs> eat a little humor for <laughs> the fans out there. 
who think I'm too much. <laughs> Not too much. Okay. Should have said nothing. Mm, just a classic Instagram quote. If you think I'm too much, then you're not the right person for me. I think you misquoted that. <laughs> you guys all missed that, but she just mic dropped into <laughs> her lap. Lightly into the toilet. I, I realized that we do so many mic drops that are never heard. Never, yeah. I just felt that needed to be I noted. I do a lot of, a lot of like... Yeah, or or the, the you'll explain a terrible plot and then you get... Yeah, oh, we do do that a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Start narrating your eye rolls. When I... Yeah, when I was... I think it was during Keeping the Faith I said something like I explained what was going on and then I, like burst out laughing. There, during Keeping the th- during the, the end of Keeping the Faith, I yell at, I'm standing next to the TV yelling about all the things I hate in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> and then you're like, don't listen to Alex, he's too mad. And I just go, uh, and then drop the mic. <laughs> like from my height. Oh no, but they're your microphones. <laughs> it was onto a blanket. Okay. Also, these microphones, microphones can take a clicking, man. Right? No. I don't see. Can I say that Jude Law is beautiful, but I don't like him in this hat? Uh, he's wearing a full zoot suit at this point. And he looks good. Yeah, he truly is. Those yeah. shoulders are wild. Of the few wild. men who could rock a zoot suit. That belt makes me sexually excited. <laughs> <laughs> that color combo of the cognac and the blue. It's a really, it's like a lapis lazuli blue. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So. I could do without the hat, though. I just wonder what he's thinking, like, as Jude Law. Like, he's just a little brat, right? Like, Dickie Greenleaf. Because yeah. now he wants to leave Manjabello. Like, now he's like, I'm done with it here. Because he made a mess, and he doesn't want to take care of it. Will they just go to another city? Now they're going to go to San Remo. Yeah, That's and so he's funny. saying that the, this is kind of going to be the end of their hangouts. Like, they're oh, probably yeah. going to split ways after this. Yeah, because they can't go skiing. They were supposed to go skiing together. and I mean, he was never going to be able to be their friend, even if he wasn't a sociopath, because mm-hmm. um, he's not rich and can't keep up. But it's it's a sociopath falling in love with a narcissist. <laughs> yeah, Jula is a narcissist, isn't he? Man, their child is going to be a serial killer. <laughs> their child's going to be... very sexy. Oh, yeah, this is weird. <laughs> oh, yeah, now he's just... Just smelling him. <laughs> this movie is fun. This is something that I use still to this day. <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah, he goes spooky. spooky. And then okay, it blends so perfectly into this. This movie is just so well made. It's very I know. Well made. Yeah, very well made. Uh, yeah, this is... This is if you said, I'm going to watch The Talented Mr. Rip... You know what's the title? The title, I think, turns a lot of people off. It throws you off. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to watch The Talented Mr. Ripley. It feels like it's be such a different movie than what it is but I think they're trying to play on like the great Gatsby with it I guess maybe yeah I guess so I mean I think that's the name of the book okay because I because I'm like what would you call it if you couldn't call it the talented Mr. murder and well the other murder movie, in Italy the other movie is called purple noon which is just like you don't get anything from that yeah I think they but I bet it's it a line the talented Mr. Ripley because there's supposed to be more than one movie, and then they could call it a something something Ripley or Ripley's Game. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm just thinking if you if you if you had creative license, what would you call this movie instead? Like, Ripley loves jazz. Jude Law, <laughs> tan. <laughs> I hurt Dicky. I hurt for Dicky. 
<laughs> me heart Dickie. No, hard. I heart like I heart oh, Huckabees, but <laughs> Dicky is the worst name that ever existed. My baby girl. To this day, I haven't looked at this scene. It scares me too much. <laughs> oh, well, you can see. Oh, God. That's crazy. Yeah, he beat the shit out of him. Well, it's just one decisive stroke and yeah. then bam. You can see where the makeup yeah, begins. Yeah, yeah. It yeah. Looks really, but when I was a kid, like, like I've never actually watched this whole scene because I've shut my eyes every time because I just think... The thought of the hit and then the bleeding, the bleeding that took takes its time. I feel like that's quite realistic. As it is. How, yeah. 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 A you head wound bleeds so much. Brutal cut like that. It's you can see it fill up. Uh, that could have been you on that boat. Yeah. Thank you for that. <laughs> it's really uh, <laughs> could have been either one of us, to be honest. It's so visceral, this scene. Yeah, no, yeah. I, lo- I love that. I wonder, did you expect it? Uh, I, honestly, just because when I was downloading, it kept saying crime thriller, and I assumed it was romantic comedy. And then now I'm just like, oh, he's going to kill. One of them are going to kill the other. And I assumed Mr. Ripley was going to stay alive. <laughs> yeah. It was a real shock when I first saw it. They didn't. They did a really good job at promoting the film. They didn't tip their hat at all. Well, I could definitely see like going in that, I would assume no one gets murdered. And I also assume that Matt Damon killed the other woman. No, she committed suicide because she was oh, pregnant. Okay. You know, that's funny, though, that this is the first watching where that occurred to me. But no, I, I don't think she did. Oh. I don't think he did. I mean, if he did, I feel like at that moment, he would have, when he was admitting everything to him and they were screaming at each other, he would have been like, and I took care of Sildana for you. Yeah, I feel yeah, like he yeah, would have yeah, yeah. he would have said that there. Oh, that's so yeah. visceral and gross that the boat is like oh, kind of half blood filled with blood. Sloshing yeah. back and forth in the white boat. Very good. Anthony cool. rest in peace. You're a beautiful man. And and the other thing, too, is that this movie is all from Tom's perspective. So we probably would have seen it if he had done that. Oh yeah, it's but point. I wonder if it was in the book and they cut it out. Like, they, I think she happened. committed suicide. Yeah, I mean it makes more sense, but because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. if she was engaged and maybe she wasn't having sex with her fiance and she was only having sex with yeah, and... it makes sense why she would do it in this day, in this time and place. And to be honest, childbirth was very tricky back then, so maybe she just didn't want to have a baby. Here's the part where things get really nuts. Yeah, so now stuff just starts to go crazy. And to be honest, I just miss Jude Law for the most rest of the movie. He is the son. Yeah, I was going to say, you guys were so... Hard. And he dies, like, what is this, halfway through the movie? Yeah. Maybe two-thirds. Two-thirds, two-thirds okay. No, no, I'd say half. Really? Yeah, because it's a longie. It's already 2.30. What time is it? 2.30? Oh, great. Cool. So sure now people are mistaking him for Jude Law. They think he's Dickie Greenleaf. And he's going to start... He's just going to roll he's gonna with take it. it. Yeah. But here's the deal. <laughs> Matt Damon does not look like Jude Law <laughs> but they've already set up so beautifully how shitty those passport photos are that yeah. like you could totally well there's a part we probably talked through it where Jude where Law it's, like, it's an old photo yeah, yeah. and he goes, yeah. he goes no one ever thinks it looks like me yeah yeah so well done as we said earlier you could just write, like, <laughs> just write a passport I mean he killed a man yeah. on a boat you know he's gotta learn the sax now yeah <laughs> So now he's taking care of business. <laughs> he's like, couldn't I have killed somebody who 
didn't know how to play this. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I wish I killed someone who was into opera. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to say something mean. Gwyneth Paltrow is beautiful because people tell me she's beautiful. But when I look at her face, I don't see it as, I don't perceive it as beautiful. And I know that makes me sound. Yeah, you're an insane person. Awful. <laughs> I get it. One. She's, well. One, I think she's beautiful. I know. She's yeah. beautiful. She's what you refer to as a gentle beauty. She's a plain like, beauty. She's a, a plain beauty. <laughs> like there's nothing remarkable. I think for somebody to be remarkably beautiful, there's always something a little bit odd about the way they look. And she's just like so perfectly symmetrical and mm-hmm. everything's in the right proportion that she's very beautiful, but it's not like an arresting beauty. She has beautiful big eyes for you think her, the way her face is set up, she'd have smaller eyes, if that makes sense. No, she's just very beautiful. Like, look at her. She looks she, like a Botticelli angel. Yeah, she does look like an angel. I'm sorry. It's, I guess she's not my... If I were to date women, I probably wouldn't date a Gwyneth Paltrow type. I would probably date a Jude Law type. Oh, <laughs> I know exactly what my type of woman is. Dated is women, who Eva Green. Which oh, she kind of looks like you, Mina. <laughs> no, Eva Green? She's like she very... In, she's... Um, James Bond. She's yeah, in, she's... Um, what's in the, her name? In the in in the first Daniel Craig James Bond. She's also a Penny yeah, Dreadful. Yeah, 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 yeah. <gasps> just like That's a real beautiful. gothic beauty. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think she looks like you with dark hair. Yeah, yeah. You, no. She does look kind of like you, actually. Yeah. She's like very skinny, though. <laughs> You're <laughs> skinny, <laughs> Mina. Please. But I have a round face, and she's oh. like a very narrow face. Okay, sure. We'll give you that. <laughs> Fine, yeah. She's she's the Ernie to your Bert. Like, I don't <laughs> <laughs> That's um, all I'm asking for is the Ernie to my Bert. <laughs> Who would I date if I dated women? Really masculine women. <laughs> No, who would you date if you dated men? I like these hypotheticals. Uh, I mean, <laughs> you know, I fucked up with guys before. Oh yes, I knew. Yeah, that. so uh, historically speaking, uh, real, uh, re- real uh, uh, weird arty guys. Oh, so yourself? Okay. Yeah. Uh, so you would all just date. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Yeah, a little bit of narcissism. Yeah, I, I mean, like... isn't that what everyone's kind of looking for? Yeah, yeah. You look at couples and you're like, you guys look alike. Uh, not me. I go for men that are my uh, body ideals. <laughs> Uh, I think I date men that have a fem or uh, that are slightly effeminate to begin with. So I feel, I feel, that's like a type. I feel like people need to accept that as a a type of person you could date. Like that's it's like like that's good. That's not bad. It's just like a thing. But I date effeminate men. Yeah, I'm not a. I'm not. I don't feel bad about it. I, feel like I be- like being the man. In the oh, <laughs> it's an no. outmoded language there. <laughs> it's true. I am not I believe the, the current way is to say you wear the pants, I think. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Like in certain scenarios, sexually speaking. <laughs> so now he's, so he went to, to Rome and he told. That no, no, sorry, sorry. He went to, I think back he did actually Marge. doctor. Yeah, was, he doctored it. Yeah. He went to Marge and lied and he sent that letter basically saying that he's going to, that he's leaving her and he's going to live in Rome. Mm-hmm. And so right. he's and pre- she she wanted to come to Rome to confront him, but he talked her out of it. Mm-hmm. Mm. And so he's impersonating Vicky, and he's also himself. And he went and under the guise of packing stuff for him, he just took all his stuff so he could live like him. Isn't that so lucky that he's the same size? You'd think he'd be a little fatter. They don't look the same size. They're not. They're pretty close. They're not. Oh yeah, and now he's like doing. He's totally insane. 
so it's like Dickie Greenleaf called him, like so that there's phone records. Like mm. he's trying too hard. Doesn't he realize that it's 1950s Italy? He'll never catch on. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's Italy. They're like, what? We're investigating a what? <laughs> a murder? <laughs> Look at this thing behind him. It's like a fucking fresco. Like the idea of the Italian police just like sipping like tiny espressos. Uh, then- yeah. They, the Italian police do come in and they're. Very funny. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? The uh, Have you seen that Amanda Knox documentary? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that right. is oh, yeah. Italian yeah. Judgmental, sexist, something about the Pope. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Look, he's wearing the ring. Though, should I start wearing a pinky ring? I think I'd look really good with one. I once had a psychic tell me that wearing a pinky ring was bad for your sex life. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Or at least for mine personally at the time. What I don't know if even ju- I don't know. I was told by a psychic once that I should always wear the color green. Oh my god, the woman who thinks yeah. she's gonna okay, okay. I knew that was coming back. Okay, That's okay. very funny. Um so this is um Piazza di Fiori, I believe it's called. Mm. And this is a famous fountain. And I forget who the artist is, but one artist did the fountain. No, this sorry, go ahead. <laughs> One artist did the fountain, one artist did the church across, and they were kind of enemies. And one of the fountains, there's one of the guys going like this to the church, like, oh, it's so ugly. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I think it's the Piazza Navona. Navona. Piazza. What am I thinking? Fiori de Campo is what I'm thinking. Piazza Navorno. Navona. Nav- like Navona, like ships. Okay. Because uh, I think it's a nautical theme, that, sta- uh, that fountain. Oh, I hope they show it. They just showed the tip of it. Okay, so because like Dickie Greenleaf is so rich, like people talk about him, mm. and so she knows the the tea, like she knows that he broke up with her in a shitty way, and so she thinks that he's Dickie Greenleaf, and she's like, yeah, that 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 that. How beautiful age before social media. Yeah. Or it's just the. Whisper. Did you just hear what <laughs> Kate Blanchett just said? What? She said, you know. Uh, it's just when you're rich, you're only truly comfortable around other people that are rich. <laughs> and she goes, I've never, and he said, I agree. And she's like, I've never admitted that to anybody. I think all rich people, I think we should all admit how we feel about certain things and then we can overcome them. Never keep that a secret. What a year, huh? Yeah. We should have been born in the 50s. Actually, I would be married and I'd be very sexually frustrated. <laughs> I do feel like I'd have an easier time as certain eras. Yes. As a white man. Sure. Go yeah, back to you the definitely 50s. would live your life. Go to the 60s. Christ. Go to the 40s. Like, I think the 40s is the one time where I wouldn't have. Yeah, an you would have straight to the war. <laughs> Go to 1930s depression. <laughs> yeah, that's where I want. I want to go work in a sweatshop. <laughs> we'll be born in that time and we'll, be considered an outlier. We should all just be in the roaring 20s. Yeah. yeah. No, too dirty. Going to Gatsby's parties. I love taking yeah. a shower every day. That's true. Being one of those weird 20s socialists who are just... <laughs> also, Just Blanchett. rich, but also a socialist. Yeah, rich and mad. Champagne socialist. Champagne that's socialist, me. yeah. <laughs> You're perf- you're perfect as a champagne <laughs> socialist in the twenties. Yeah, that is Mina's uh, go-to. Look at this sweater. Hey, it'll be the twenties again next year. Yeah. So, who yeah. knows? Yeah, who knows? Who you knows? might you might fall into some money and be a champagne <laughs> socialist in the twenties. Yeah. 
This cast is kind of out of control too. You got Kate Blanchett. Yeah, Kate Blanchett is yeah. great. She's, but very she's very good. like in the background in this movie. Yeah, if you, you think about it, Philip Seymour Hoffman. He comes back. Oh, he comes back. Okay. Yeah. I was gonna be like, they just got him for like a minute total, and he steals it again. Yeah, he comes back, and he's so good. She's so young. She's so Blanchett. young. Yeah. yeah. But she's always so mature looking. <laughs> Look how beautiful she looks like she's getting married. Yeah, that's an incredible dress. Yeah, like. You guys don't just wear that around? No, not me. I would if I could. Yeah, actually, Mina, Mina literally was wearing a brocade jacket today. She's a fancy legislator. Oh, yes, Peter Smith Kingsley. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. This cast is stacked. Stacked. Yeah. What a good name. Mm-hmm. I've remembered that name this entire time. <laughs> Peter Smith Kingsley. Because people don't often introduce their full names in movies. But everyone's got a great name. Dickie Greenleaf. Tom Ripley. Yeah, these are some good names. Marge. <laughs> 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 I don't know what her last name is. Uh, She's a woman, therefore she doesn't deserve one. I feel like it is from this like era of like... Can we talk about the $40 million movie? I feel like the era of novels in like the 50s is what the $40 million movie was in the 90s. Okay. <laughs> Quite the uh, the thesis. Continue. So like that it's like character based but still like travels around. It's not like it's not like a character based in like one room. It's like. Yeah. It's a character. Uh, it's like a, it could be about something a little more niche, I guess, of like rich people murdering. <laughs> Is that a thing? I don't read enough books from the 50s to know. Like the, I, I went through like a phase or like a bunch of pulp books that are all kind of the same. And so you, you stop reading them. Like every author has like a kind of a formula. Like Perot novels or is like example. Mm-hmm. Is like an to, Agatha Christie yeah, or something. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. They all have like kind of a formula. And just so they can pump them out really. It's the same as like today we think of like a, a what's his name? A Tom Clancy or a, a the lawyer dude. John Grisham. John Grisham. Yeah. yeah. Where there's like thousands of those yeah. novels. They, yeah, they yeah, don't even write them, but like they have a formula. Of like, of books. So that's yeah. like the early 90s. You're talking about the 50. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then it's like the, but like what we consider like the $50 million movie would be like each of those like books. Well, this falls into both categories then because yeah, yeah, this yeah. is a $40 million <laughs> movie, movie yeah. and a series of uh, novels from the 50s. Yeah. Is this only a forty million dollar movie? I feel like this might be a little more. Maybe a little more. I think this is an eighty million. Okay, let's make. No, it's definitely not eight. I'm gonna say definitely not eighty. Fifty. You're gonna say fifty. I'm I'm gonna gonna say say, I'm gonna say sixty, and I'm basing it on the cast. But I feel like I'm I'm too. It's ninety nine. So the movies are super. I'm basing it on the cast too. You know what? You know I'm gonna go down to a fifty with Mina because it's Miramax. There's no way they would put that much money into. Well, exactly. But also now you're just copying me. Okay, so I said eighty. You ready? What is it? We all didn't win. $40 $40 million. Whoa! Whoa on, on the, the money. money. And you know how much money it made? $128.8 million. Man, Miramax knew what they were doing. They knew what they were doing. Yeah. So this was a hit. Well, that's like a modest hit. That's it's not like a huge... But yeah, that's pretty good. I mean, like, yeah. What? Okay, so I know like... I was supposed to say what happened to Miramax, but I don't mean like that. I mean like... Because <laughs> they stopped really doing like hit movies before all the Weinstein stuff. Well, no, but then they became the Weinstein company, didn't so they? So Disney, oh. Disney bought them. Disney bought them. That's yeah. what, oh, okay, so what okay. happened was um, they were p- 
poor businessmen and they got into trouble and then Disney really wanted them and they bought them and then they couldn't get along with Harvey Weinstein and they got into a huge fight. So when they bought them, they completely ousted them and took the name and they asked, they said, you could have all of our films, you could have all that, but can we keep the name because Miramax is their parents, Miriam and Max Weinstein. Uh, and they said uh, no and then they did the Weinstein company. Uh, yeah. So the Miramax still exists, but I doubt. It does produce anything. Just, it just, after just the Harvey, it was producing stuff, but after oh, the Harvey Weinstein, okay. yeah, like Miramax produced all of like um, um, Michael Moore's documentaries. Oh, yeah. Oh, because I guess he would be the only guy who was like kind of on that production stable still. Yeah, like, there was like Michael Moore and uh, a few directors were like like Quentin Tarantino and them. I just would love to think of the person who the day before the Weinstein thing broke signed with we talk about this Weinstein yeah to be like uh, my career's on the way up. yeah i just sold my screenplay to the weinstein company can you believe what happened ronan farrow <laughs> <laughs> oh okay yeah <laughs> just calling his mom be like mom you'll never guess what happened yeah. you know you called me a failure i'm not yeah sorry in the news yeah <laughs> how well, i don't women? have the news oh several women oh he's a mom Excuse me. And then he just goes and shoots himself. (laughs) (laughs) Whoa. So what he's doing is he's staging a run in so that so she definitely knows that Dickie exists. So she's going to be like, I was here to meet Dickie Greenleaf. Uh And then, yeah. Oh, look, Vanessa sent me pictures of the wedding. She's in in Tel Aviv. Gwyneth Paltrow looked sensational at the opera, too. That blue with the red. Mm -hmm. And this red is amazing, too. Do we all think this is just Ruby Woo? I I understood some of the words you said. <laughs> it's only the most iconic shade of red that MAC lipstick makes. And it looks good on, it's the sisterhood of the traveling lipstick because it looks good on me. It looks good on someone like, like Anne Purnell's cl- complexion. It looked good on Lisa Gilroy's complexion. It looks good on Mina. These are all different types of blonde. <laughs> I actually don't own a, a tube though. I should oh, I do. get one. It's the only red I've ever worn. I never really wear it anymore though. It's because I like to kiss when I go out. So I never wear lipstick. It does look like that, though. Like what Kate Blanchett's wearing. I'm pretty sure it is Ruby Woo. You can tell because it's matte. And they would have been using matte makeup because that would be more um, attuned to the time. I was in this part. So this is Rome. So Talented Miss Ripley filmed when I was in Rome uh, for Uncle Nick's wedding, I remember. And we oh, I'm so jealous. would see... Uh, we saw film sets, but we didn't know what they were filming. And then afterwards, we were like, that's what they were filming? Uh. <laughs> That's funny. I do love that your family has like true like movies that you all love together. <laughs> yeah, we're a movie family. We watch a lot like of my films. dad's a big movie guy, but he just like he just watches so many movies. So, like uh, when I was a kid, we had satellite, but he U.S. satellite that he hacked. Oh my god, that so, would have been my dream as a kid. So every pay per view movie was it would charge you, but we we didn't know who we were. So we just I just watched every movie that was released between like ninety nine like two thousand and seven mm. because it was just on pay per view and you could just watch it, but there's no remember pay per view. It was just like they played if you rented it, the movie played like nonstop, and then you had to catch it at the time. Yeah, it was every yeah. The uh, 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 they would have it start every half hour on the side. Yeah, thing. but it was just I watched so many like there's so many garbage movies I watched. From that era where it was like, 
why I don't know why I was watching it. Like I watched Kate and Leopold all the way through for nobody. <laughs> God, that movie's bad. And that has a lot of stuff that you think I would like. Yeah, no, even people who then. like those things were like, that's a really bad movie. Yeah, it was the kiss of death for Meg Ryan. She didn't do a lot of stuff after that. I like Meg Ryan. Oh, national treasure. She's very good at what she does. Listen, Matt Damon is good in this, but I often think about if a really good actor played this, how good it could have been. Who would you cast, though? As... Honestly, Ed Norton. Really? Yeah. For this part would be terrifying. What would be hard for him is the first part of the movie. Yeah, because I never find him likable. He's not. Well, to me, he is. <laughs> I like how he looks. Um, Hugh Jackman? Young Hugh Jackman. A young Hugh Jackman would have been fighting too hard for beauty with Jude Law. Like Hugh Jackman did this movie called (gasps) I Might Make You Watch Someone Like You. It's a brutal romantic comedy with Ashley Judd, (laughs) Greg Kinnear, and Hugh Jackman. Stop hurting me with movies. Uh, I can't help it. Love that movie. Oh, you know, uh, this is going to sound like a left field choice Adam Driver. Like Adam Driver, I, th- I like I like your, I like where your head's at. No. <laughs> Alex only likes it because he looks like Adam Driver. I, Adam Driver, I think, is an but excellent he's actor, an incredible actor, and he's not like handsome. For like, me, like he's classically not, handsome. He's not likable at all. But Adam the thing Driver. is, he doesn't look un- like you'd have to cast a the Jude, the Jude Law the Jude character Law, differently. Yeah. Yeah. No, you wouldn't. Jude Law is perfect. You work around Jude Law. Let's figure out <laughs> Ripley, Leonardo DiCaprio. I don't know if it's better. I don't think he's a good actor. I don't think he's a good actor. Not better than any better. In fact, worse. There, I said it. Leo's not a good actor. The (laughs) way Titanic, he's great. The way that Philip Seymour Hoffman pokes and jabs at the piano in this scene Mm -hmm. is like excruciating to me. Yeah, because he knows what's going on. Though, if you knew what was going on, would you? Young Philip Seymour Hoffman I can't with this. is such a, such a like, he looks so much like a rich kid. Yeah, he's perfect. Yeah. Eh? He was though. He was in um, uh, Dead Poet Society. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, or School Ties. No, I think that. No, it was a Dead Poet. Yeah, Dead Poets. Am I right? I, I don't think so. Know. I think so. I think so. <laughs> I'm sorry. Help us. I know. I'm. Really, You're the expert. I mean, we could Google this, but um, you're gonna see that I have a very narrow knowledge <laughs> of no, no, Mina's very the specific things. A technical film, like Mina, tell us how this was lit and shit. <laughs> I don't. I couldn't even tell you that. Like, it was shot on 35 millimeter. I can tell you that much. Yeah. That's that's not. Uh, Is that that's apparent? Not that's not particularly surprising. Yeah. <laughs> Is it apparent? Can you tell the difference? I can. I can see it the way that it looks. Yeah, but like the fact that it's 1999, everything would have still been shot on film yeah. for the last. Apparently, they years before, after uh, this. Wasn't a brother 99? Was it? It might have been 98. Because this cause would it, have been right digital. around the time when we people started getting cameras good enough to shoot digital for yeah. things of this that was size. The first, like real. I think I think Oh Brother one. might be 2000. Yeah, it's it's this era though. Like I'm, yeah, I'm yeah, at the yeah. end of the year. You know who did this? Um, what's his name? The crazy murderer. Oh my God, Jeffrey Dahmer did this. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, you did that to the guy who escaped. The guy who escaped and was really high. Yeah. And he and then the police were like, he's like, sorry, he's just so drunk, blah, blah. blah. And the police were like, ugh, gay. Yeah. And oh, yeah. Have you seen the house that Jack built yet? 
No. The new Lars von Trier. No, I've seen you got to see it. It's really know, yeah. good. <laughs> you specifically. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but they they do a scene that's very much inspired by that. And inspired by like, like you can see like, oh, he's taking this from this serial killer. He's taking that from that yeah, serial yeah. killer. That feels like Lars von Trier. Yeah. But it's always like a hundred things kind of filtered down yeah 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 but done very well you yeah. know like oh, I, I i hate him as a human being yeah, he's but a monster. I, I he is a monster but that movie is very good although i think it almost gave me a panic attack <laughs> oh really like i came out of uh no i actually came out of it with a tension headache like i came out of the theater no. with a pounding headache and i was like oh it's because i'm not uh clenching every part of my body yeah yeah hmm. i gotta watch it is it playing at tiff or uh no no i think you just gotta rent it now because okay. i saw it, they did a one one night screening of the unrated version and then it got a very limited release with like almost 45 minutes cut out of it so just buy the unrated version online okay. how how is lars von trier getting money for movies because he's always like every movie he releases is like we put it in two cinemas for an hour yeah I honestly have no idea. What's yeah. more baffling to me is that he was banned from Cannes yeah, yeah. for making a Nazi statement. And then yeah. like five years later, they let him back in with House That Jack Built, which fully features actual concentration camp footage. And they gave him a standing ovation. Because people don't fucking care. Mel Gibson was nominated for an Academy Award last year. But the thing is, like, Von Trier's just doing it to, to provoke, to provoke like, and to be a shithead. It. Yeah. Um, and I think Can is like, yeah, whatever. Also, wear high heels for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, people were banned. Women were banned from the red carpet for not wearing high heels one year, and there was a big stink about it. Yeah, yeah. Cannes is wild. <sighs> but it, yeah, it, it's every time I'm always like, I'll watch a Lars Venture thing and be like, I'm not as plugged in as I once was, and be like, oh, he's got a new thing. I'll watch it. It's like, this is great. Let's. Oh, it was re- why did I miss this? Like, oh, because it was never really released. Yeah. And no. it was like a. It was like like millions of dollars were put down onto it. And He's it, not popular here. I think in Europe, people are like, oh yeah, we'll go see Von Trier's movie. Okay, that's but fine. his yeah. movies are like unwatchable. I'm sorry. Like <laughs> Melancholia, the first half made me nauseous. Yeah, that's what I like about it. And then, <laughs> and then the second half was interesting. And then fucking Nymphomania, I, oh, yeah. I had to stop watching when I saw a cervix dilated with the thing. Yeah, yeah. And I thought, I haven't seen Nymphomania yeah, it's rough. yet. Yeah, it's no. fucking, who the fuck is that movie for? Me. And the, but the, it's like the harsh conceit, noise. The conceit of it is so stupid. Yeah, yeah. The plot of it's dumb. It's pretty slow, but it's like harsh noise. You eventually kind of get like desensitized to it. And it's just weird. It's, it, it's, it's like, it's more like a, I'd say, say Nivomania specifically is more like a art project than it is a movie. Listen, I'm not trying to be a Lars von Trier apologist here. I'm mm. just saying, watch. Listen, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna I watch apologize for a lot of problematic men, but I will not for <laughs> Lars von Trier. No, because you don't find him attractive. <laughs> Do I find Woody Allen attractive? No, but you like his art. Yeah, I like his art. <laughs> I'm gonna get go to jail. We, we, we should do the Annie Hall. Going episode. to culture jail. No, we can't. People will actually get mad. We want to do an episode on Annie Hall, but Vito's like, no, I want to do crimes misdemeanors. You, you want to do crime, seen yeah, crimes? Yeah, I've seen misdemeanors. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I fucking love that movie. Let's we'll do the Woody Allen fast. Uh, did you ever, did you ever watch Stardust Memories? It's the black and white one about Woody no. Allen putting on a in a film festival. It's like a fake Woody Allen. No, it's no, that's fun. with Sharon Stone, right? Yeah, yeah. I it's I, that's like probably my 
favorite Woody no, Allen, I which is a weird pick. I was thinking, oh, I, I think my favorite is Midnight in Paris. Oh, man. <laughs> I know. Well, Midnight in Paris it's is so, so like, fun. I mean, it's I mean, fun. It's fun. Annie okay. Hall is maybe the best. The, the best. best one, yeah. like, See, for objectively, me, Crimes Misdemeanors is objectively the best In terms one. of movies that I put on when I'm sad to make me feel better, <laughs> oh, Midnight yeah. in Paris. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%. Uh, that's, uh, I was, I, like, honestly, one of my favorites is, for all the wrong reasons, uh, Manhattan. Oh, no, no, but questionable why, choice. Yeah, but re- reason really reason good, why though. is that it is like I'm not like watching it being like this is romantic. It's like a weird horror movie. It's a nightmare, especially yeah. knowing like all the everything that's about. It's 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 like stepping into Woody Allen's mind palace, and for that as reason, he justifies I d- himself. I don't think I could watch it again. It's, yeah. It's, oh, it's it it is truly like we're talking about like Lars Venture making you uncomfortable. <laughs> Manhattan can do that. Far more than you could possibly imagine. Um, yeah. I uh, was running yesterday and I had my playlist. And because I was running for such a long time, I, I didn't skip any songs like I usually do. Yeah. And I let a Michael Jackson song start. And the one that was Scream with him and Janet Jackson. Yeah. And it starts with him saying, I'm tired of injustice. I'm tired of all this pain. And, and then he goes, it just makes me want to scream. And I go... How, how, how did we let him do this? How did he commit these heinous acts? And then, like, and then the, uh, all of his songs are about being put upon. I don't know. Yeah. Long story, short story is that we can't watch Manhattan. <laughs> you would not be able to take it. I got ten seconds into that song and wanted to throw my uh, phone across the room. Oh, it's yeah, it's. I'm I'm fascinated by it because it's like oh I've watched the movie since I was like young and didn't know then watched it like a few years ago as an adult and it was just like oh oh and then you get like well, fascinated about because it. it's just it's you know he wrote every word and you watch parts and scenes where people like basically like scenarios he has like you can't date her she's a child and there's almost a turn where he convinces everybody well this and is the like, thing well i guess love is love like the issue here is that well first of all women aren't considered persons yeah and also that it's not so much with the allen that i'm mad at i'm mad at everyone else in that movie because to not be like, this is fucked is insane. I'm telling you, if you watch it again, it's the first half of every scene is them saying this is fucked, and then like a magic spell happens, and they all just agree. Yeah, it's and called here's hear- money, and you're gonna be famous if you're in this film. That's the- well, it, it's 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 like in conversation, just like it suddenly turns, and it's it's just Woody Allen wrote it, and being then, like this is his, this is what he wants to happen. Dating a child in that movie, but midway through, he meets Diane Keaton, is like, you know what I'll do? I'll cheat on that child to really yeah, yeah, fuck yeah. her up. Yeah, yeah. I've made myself angry about the thing that I brought up myself. Anyways, uh, back to the movie. They know that Philip Seymour Hoffman is dead. Yeah, he's been murdered, and and that's everyone knows that. And the Italian police, for all the shit we talk about them, seem to be on to him. But they think that um, they think that Tom is Dicky, mm. uh, and they're trying to pin the murder on Tom. Mm-hmm. No, no, no! They know that he's Tom. They are no, they don't. No, no, they, they don't. just oh, referred to him as Mr. Greenleaf. They did. Okay, yeah. no, no, no. okay. I was confused. No, no, no. But Marge confronted him and was like, "Did Dickie kill Freddie? Because she knows that he's Tom." And he was like, "We don't know what he's capable of, or whatever." Well, yeah, but then he said, "No, no, no, he didn't." You know, he should have just gone <laughs> women. That's why. <laughs> and then he would have been like, "Oh, but of course." Excuse me. I have to go home and ignore my wife. 
This is a tricky game he's playing, but you know, know what? Mm-hmm. He's pulling it off. <laughs> so essentially, as he's trying to convince them that Tom murdered the guy and that Tom is in love with Dickie. This truly is Ripley's game. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the movie without Jude Law is like the sun has gone down. Well, also because now it's a bunch of interiors. Go back to the outside. That is true. Because mm. the walls are closing in on him. Whoa. <laughs> Symbolism. I went oh, to so four really, years of really they, just, they blew all their budget on the exteriors. Yeah, the yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like, listen, we got to put beauty on beauty. So get Jude Law outside. Keep ugly Matt Damon inside. <laughs> Keep this fucking ghoul <laughs> Matt Damon <laughs> Out of here. <laughs> Look at this nightmare of a person. <laughs> Right, he wrote English Patient too. He did. Oh yeah. So he did Truly Madly Deeply. Oh. Yeah. He did Nine. That was. Oh bad. yeah, Nine's bad. That was his last what movie. What was Nine? Came out That's posthumously. The, the the what's his name? Nick Cage. No no no. Oh, Daniel Day Lewis. Oh. Sorry, it's sorry. the it's oh the the, the musical, musical of Eight Nick and a Half. Mm-hmm. Nick Cage is in it, isn't no, it? No no no. It's like Daniel Day Lewis with. Kate Hudson, Penelope Cruz, There's another, Nicole Kidman. I'm, I'm thinking of um, Viva Italiana or something. There's a What's Nick Cage a, musical. Nick Cage is not in a musical. I'm maybe maybe my maybe my <laughs> no. My mind. This is farting. the Italian musical that Marshall wrote the sketch about for me. Okay, I'm, I'm confused. I'm confusing. <laughs> yeah, Daniel Day Lewis for Nicholas Cage. <laughs> Huge. Oh, you know what he did? The number one ladies detective agency. Oh yeah. And he did Breaking and Entering, another Jude Law film, which I enjoyed. I don't remember that one. Um, him and Juliette Binoche and Robin Wright. and It's about a kid. I can't really remember what it was about, but he has a sex scene with Juliette Binoche. Hello, Daddy. He was born in 1954, and he died at age 54. Anthony Minghella, the son of immigrants from Italy who own an ice cream factory Aww. on the Isle of Wight. Oh yeah, he's British, but he's Italian. What is that shirt? It's it's Dickie's uh, yeah, know, amazing yeah. mesh golf shirt. Yeah, yeah. The more I see it, the more I want it. one. Oh, he was a playwright first. This makes me love him more and more. People, you know, there's no good scores anymore. <laughs> um, That's kind of true. There's a really interesting. Uh, YouTube film essay uh, about the, that? The, Have you the, seen that? The, the one? one? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. About uh, Temp Love. Yeah, yeah, and everyone yeah. just wants a John Williams sound alike. Yeah, yeah. Gabriel. I mean, now it's like a Hans Zimmer sound alike. Yeah, true. His name is Gabriel Yared. Huh. But then Harry Rabinowitz is the name on all these songs. Oh, and now they're in Venice. They're just doing like greatest hits of Italy. Yeah. So now he now this is we're getting really close to the end. Uh, the only thing is, it just it gets less interesting for me when Jude Law dies. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> I don't care about the crime as much. If Jude Law was Ripley, then I would be on this. I wonder <laughs> if they reversed roles. No, it would be you wouldn't be able to carry it off the I other don't way think around. So. You know what? Jude Law is. Better as a character actor. He's not a leading man, even though he's so hot. Remember that year where it was like his year to be a leading man? He was in like four movies. All he was in once. a lot of movies. Someone made fun of him. Chris Rock made fun of him at the Academy Awards. And then Sean Penn came on to announce a thing and he goes, 
because Chris Rock asked, who the fuck is Jude Law? Like, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and then Chris and then Sean Penn came on and was like, I'll tell you who Jude Law is. He is a fine actor. It was so embarrassing. It was clearly ad-libbed. He's too serious. Oh, uh, it's so funny. I think about that a lot with all these like big actors have to be so serious all the time. Like I feel like I feel like Jude Law's really fun, but like Sean Penn is not fun to be around. Sean Penn is an asshole. He tied Madonna oh, to the yeah, chair. Oh, I'm sorry. Nina, do you know the story? <laughs> I do. I do. And it's atrocious. It's and I've never really liked Sean Penn because The only reason why he's not in trouble is because she didn't press charges because she was brainwashed by him. Sean Penn sucks. Sean Penn sucks. Stop hiring him. Where's his Me Too moment? Yeah, that's a very good question. Yeah. Fuck Sean Penn. I feel, I feel like if they... Uh, it's the same thing as like where's Woody Allen's Me Too moment well he's had it for years yeah that's the yeah. thing is like if, if they've already had it no one's coming back around on but he them. hasn't Sean Penn hasn't Sean Penn has no he dated not the, not the level <laughs> no what, what's his what's his reckoning getting an Amazon TV show and dating Charlize Theron and Scarlett being in yeah Tree of Life yeah oh god I love Tree of Life <laughs> <laughs> I like problematic people in the movies they do. <laughs> yeah, even Matt Damon's problematic. Yeah, he's a he's a he's not problematic. He's a fucking idiot. Yeah, yeah. Like he. I feel talks, like he's not fun to be around as well. No, no, he might be because he hangs out with Chris Hemsworth and his wife. I feel like Chris Hemsworth is. Chris Hemsworth is fun to be. No, around. I bet you Chris Hemsworth's a good time. Matt yeah. Damon is of the era of like these are the men that. They grew up with the mentality of the past, but they're thrust into the future and they don't know how to reconcile it. Because mm. I, I feel like Matt Damon had a good 15 year stretch where he never heard the word no. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which is fine because no one, because I feel like Matt Damon didn't take advantage of that, whereas Ben Affleck did. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you mean I couldn't direct and star in Fargo? Uh, Fargo. Argo. Argo, right. <laughs> You wish Ben Affleck made Fargo. Oh, man. What a terrible movie that would have been. Argo is the worst, and I cannot believe it's one best picture. Argo yeah, is... Yeah, did such it really? Yeah, it's such a bad movie. Ben Affleck did not win, did not get nominated for Best Director. But what's so funny is everyone's like, yay, Ben Affleck's back. And it's like, he's fine. He doesn't need He's it. the worst part no. of Argo. He directed it. Yeah, and, and he he's the it. worst part. To be honest, I barely remember that movie. It's the most forgettable film. I remember I saw it with uh, my friend Chris and we were dying laughing at Ben Affleck in the movie being like that every other person in the movie was like, we don't really need A, this character in the movie. <laughs> B, him to have any backstory. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think actors should direct themselves. Like, yeah. I, It Some never actors- works out. There's so many shots in that movie where it's just Ben Affleck, and <laughs> meaning that Ben Affleck just like truly made the film equivalent of masturbation. Oh. <laughs> After, so, there's so many scenes in that movie of him alone in a room trying not to drink. <laughs> <laughs> like, is he saying that if he was just allowed to be open and gay, that he wouldn't be a murderer? Is this what he's saying right now? Like, that's what... That's what the movie wants you to believe. That's, That's what, what Tom so wants too. you to believe. Yeah. But then something happens. Yeah, I don't think. In, t- in Ripley's game or in this movie? We'll, we'll just wait and see. <laughs> well, he could never be open and gay in Italy. Like, come on. Well, no, they but they have money. They're like, I would love, it, it could be okay. I would love for this movie to end of the idea of like setting up for a sequel. And like, he gets away with murder and blah, blah, blah. 
Denise gets a letter of like, hello, I hear you're good at getting my gay sons back from other <laughs> countries. It starts all over again. My son's in Paris, friends. This church is getting me aroused by its beauty. <laughs> yeah. Well, all the churches in Venice have that like Byzantine because it was a a hub for so many different cultures. They have that kind of mishmash of styles. Yeah. Look at this effing coat. Oh, and that bag. Can you believe what this woman looks like? Oh, my God. The lapels. Yeah. The the costume. This movie's out of sight. It's got everything. I told you. That's why it's the best. Mm-hmm, it's really good. The food in Italy doesn't agree with the dad. That is the most American thing that anyone could ever say. The tomato sauce. It's too rich. <laughs> <laughs> too much garlic. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Is there an onion in this? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> This is my dream, just having like a little rundown palazzo on a canal. Oh, yeah, because you're not scared of ghosts. <laughs> <laughs> no, I invite them. Yeah, I, I'd be too scared. <laughs> I, I wouldn't be able to sleep here. I, would I visit you? Sure. But would you, we have to stay in the same bed? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Are you trying to write a sketch called Dumb Ghost and it never works? <laughs> ghost <laughs> what's, the, what's uh, just, just elaborate. Like a, a ghost from like like a recent ghost? And okay. he's just a dumb guy. Like he died in like 2001. <laughs> yeah, and just a dumb guy trying to hold on to that idea. Oh, like the guy who died was dumb? Yeah, yeah. I like just the idea a really stupid ghost. Does he not know that he's a ghost? Uh, he keeps forgetting. Okay. <laughs> oh, no. It could be that sketch again. Yeah, I'll give you oh, no. The other, the other oh. one, say, almost same sketch, is a guy who's been in a, uh, uh, it's like a 10-year or like 20-year like high school reunion. You haven't seen anybody. And the last time you were in high school was like 2000. And there's a guy who's hasn't aged at all from um, like the early 2000s. And he's mm-hmm. like, wears a no fear t-shirt. He's exactly <laughs> the same. And at the end you find he's been in a coma for so long. and just keeps asking what 9-11 is <laughs> that no one will tell him. Jesus <laughs> I always want to make 9-11 jokes. I keep telling you, Alex, they're hack. They're hack. I know they're hack, but it's so funny to me. Look of someone this. someone who doesn't know who 9-11 is is very funny oh <laughs> and just no one will tell him oh God. <laughs> what what is it was it a party <laughs> oh, guys no. you're mispronouncing 9-1-1 look at this effing suit oh she's wearing like a f- like five ocelots <laughs> oh my god is that what <laughs> no is? maybe 10 just maybe a f- a like a corner of the jungle was killed <laughs> yeah. for that suit because you got the hat too that's a full ocelot on her head. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's like a real print. It's not dyed or anything. No, I don't think so. I think that's a real animal she's wearing. Well, she looks great. <laughs> I've been to that cafe where they are. This is Venice, right? Yeah. It's right outside the church. No? Yeah, like yeah. There's like a, there's a stretch of cafes there, but there's one famous one that's been there since the 1700s. Casanova used to drink there. Oh. oh yes, Casanova. They showed us his house when we went on a gondola. <laughs> um, he fucked a lot of women, right? That's his thing. <laughs> yeah, that's his thing. Yeah. Imagine if you, the reality of this movie. If you're Gwyneth Paltrow, you were engaged to Jude Law, and he just disappears. Yeah, she's taking it remarkably well. No, she's upset. She's freaking out. Yeah, she's freaking out, but she's like very. She's got a good head on her shoulders. She's investigating it. She's doing her own detective work. Imagine you fucked so much that people <laughs> knew who you were. 
for thousands of years. <laughs> years yeah. yeah. Like, like, I, I guess the game was He got different. put in jail for it. <laughs> Imagine you. I saw his jail cell. <laughs> Imagine you fucked consensually so much that it was a crime. I mean, I Do hope it was, was consensual. consensual? Yeah, I, I wonder. I, feel, I, well, I, feel like, was... I feel like truly what made him special is he fucked so much and didn't die of VD yeah. in the time period. Well, and also he, he made a big deal of saying like, how he could like seduce anyone into it. So like me, like he, I think he wanted it to be consensual. Yeah. No, no, that's some, that's some. Okay. I hope. He's, uh, what do you call it? We are glorifying a pickup artist. Yeah. I'm not glorifying. Well, no, he's been glorified. I'm not saying you did. <laughs> imagine, imagine it's like you go back in time. You see Casanova, and he's just dressed like mystery or one of those pickup, like old pickup artists. Yeah, yeah. Like, like the big, the big fuzzy like hat. Like a huge fedora. Yeah, huge fedora, like a purple trench <laughs> coat. He for sure he's got that wore weird little, a fedora. <laughs> got that weird little like goatee action going on. Yeah, all it's a goatee, sounds... but then he also has one of the little like star beauty patches oh, that were popular yeah, yeah. at the time. All of this sounds very Italian. <laughs> Are you Toronto's Casanova? Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> Can no. I get people to have sex with me? Sure. <laughs> sure. <laughs> but that's just because people aren't having enough sex. Uh, that's my point of view on things. Men are always so shocked when I'm forward because they're like, oh, good, I can have sex now. People got to have more sex. Apparently, numbers are down Yeah, from it, prior generations. It's apparent. As someone who currently is having a lot of sex, it's, it's, <laughs> it's quite obvious. I mean, my theory is that everyone's poor, and it's hard to come when you're thinking about rent. <laughs> We're all poor, and we all have anxiety disorders. <laughs> yeah. But don't you guys get it? You don't need money to do it, and the coming relieves anxiety. I, when I'm thinking about rent, it's hard to get there. When I'm like, I gotta pay. It <laughs> well, is the then, 20th. Uh, someone's not doing something right because uh, <laughs> you best not be thinking about rent when you're making love to the Toronto Casanova it, over here. I <laughs> 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 gotta stop talking about it. <laughs> People will stop. It's become with your me. character for this podcast. Yeah. It is, yeah. It, it, yeah, this. I think it was like episode two or three. I'm like, oh, is it every episode of this going to be a journey through the psychosexual horror? That is, <laughs> <laughs> well, I realized this. Day. I realized this pretty early on that a lot of my sexuality comes from movies. Yeah. So rewatching movies is like a walk down like memory lane. That's how yeah. you crumbled through Moulin Rouge. Yeah, Moulin Rouge is. And I would say this is a psychosexual thriller. It is. So yes, there you go. Psycho- yeah. My favorite genre. Also, and can we talk love. about this copper bathtub that he's in? Yeah. It's copper and marble, and I've never wanted anything more. Oh. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Flash a dick. Oh, we got we got some pube moment there. We Look. you know what we saw we saw the skin, but it was so quick. Yeah. Oh, this is another very fine scene. Yeah, this is a cool scene. Yeah. There's a lot of scenes of him lying in the doorway. <laughs> that that must be a symbolism of something. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He well, he's never able to get through the door. As he as he steps through the door. <laughs> no, look at him. He stepped right through it. I don't get why he did that to to, to threaten her, right? I think he did that on purpose. He you think? His towel. Yeah. He could have very easily tied that around his body, and he dropped it to. I think, I think I think it's he's falling to, apart to upset her, but then also to diffuse the tension of what's oh. going on and give him a minute alone. Yeah, yeah, it was to figure out to figure out what to do because now he's got a minute to scheme while he puts some clothes on. Oh, that Marge is so dead. We'll find out. But if she dies, like fuck, the 
pile of bodies would be too much. A lot of mirror symbolism in this movie. What yeah, does there's mirror a lot of symbolism mirror. mean? Oh, I guess he's not who he seems. Yeah, it's all about identity and, mm. you know, stuff. She has connected ears. I mean, I I've, I kind of saw that when it was like so much of the movie is him singing in a mirror. Well, that or, shot. Or even, even like he talks to uh, Jude Law through a mirror at a point. Yeah, that shot of him where he's behind the mirror and then Jude Law's in the mirror yeah, is yeah. very good. That was so cool. Yeah. yeah, I didn't even realize that until it was happening. Like this is some of Gwyneth Paltrow's finest work. She's very mm. good in this. All I do is see her just slowly constructing Oop. A, a website in her back <laughs> yeah. of her head. She's like, one day I won't have to do this anymore, and I can just laze around lifestyle. in my beautiful... One day I'm going to marry the co-creator of Glee. <laughs> we'll have a lovely life together. No, not laze about. She's a full entrepreneur. She probably works now more than she ever did as an actor. That's true, yeah. yeah. Poor Peter Smith Kingsley. So gullible. Well, he's just gay and he's probably no one else is gay and Matt Damon's hot and he's like, this guy's got to be good. if he has, I got to make this work with but him. But he has, you can tell he has a good heart and he's like a choir director and he just lives, live in his life. Yeah, he is a gay And he's rich, director. but he's not an asshole the way yeah. everyone else is. Because he has a different perspective on things because yeah. he's an outcast. Oh, oh God. no. Her own dad is gaslighting no, no, her. That, oh, no, wait. Dickie's dad, dad is gaslighting her. He's a full her. asshole. Yeah, this whole movie is just people gaslighting Marge. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dickie was. From the very beginning, too. <laughs> yeah, it is. Dickie's doing it. And then no, Tom's doing it. Now the dad. She's a little bit like um, when she plays uh, Catherine, Hepburn. Catherine Hepburn. Yeah, I think she's better at this than when she was Catherine Hepburn. I wish she played Catherine Hepburn like this. Hmm. I thought she was very cartoonish. I feel like everyone wants to be a full cartoon or Catherine Hepburn. Yeah. yeah. It, it is like if you ask them to be Jimmy Stewart, they're going to play Jimmy Stewart with subtlety. But if you watch a Catherine Hepburn movie, she was playing it the way she acts in Catherine Hepburn movies. Yeah, like yeah. it's a pitch perfect impress- impersonation. Yeah. I was saying, like, if, if you want to do a Jimmy Stewart biopic, the whole movie's going to be someone like, yeah, want the sign? I'll give you the sign. Like, it's like going to be like always doing that. Oh, the I would watch that. Can you all bank? The money's in Bill's house and Fred's house. <laughs> Me and Chris Levy have this running bit of uh, insecure Jimmy Stewart. And the idea is the original cut of like, of like Miracle on 34th Street or, 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 or any Jimmy, not, just any Jimmy Stewart movie is originally like 10 hours long. And they includes all these things of him on set with a gun. And it's like, tell me you like me. Tell, tell me you like me. Look, he's and, kissing her. Sorry. <laughs> I like insecure Jimmy Key Stewart bit though. Yeah, it's a good bit. Yeah. <laughs> you need to know this. It's important. Oh, he's been caught out. I have to murder a bunch in this boat to solve this. He literally has to murder six people if he really wants to take care of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but he's learned he can be efficient with his murders. People mostly don't care. Do you think he just measures problems and bodies at this point yeah, he literally is like, oh that's like a six body problem <laughs> i gotta read these books now yeah, i think you'd like them a lot i want to know yeah, what yeah. happens to him and i want to know why he's like this yeah. i wonder if they do a prequel there's a the like mr ripley origins or something yeah there's actually a really good um 
New Yorker profile on this new author who's writing similar books. And he himself, like, he's really inspired by Patricia Highsmith, mm-hmm. but then he himself is like a Tom Ripley. And it's this whole expose of, like, all of the lies he's told and all of the sociopathic things that he's done. It's really fascinating, but I can't remember the name of the author right now. That's insane. Are the books good? Or is like, there's, he, like, good... It's, so far, it's only been one, and it's very much compared to, like, yeah. the girl on the train or the okay. spider's, like, web, web and yeah. that kind of stuff. So, apparently, like, it's already got a movie deal and stuff, but it's still pretty new days for him. Crazy. That's cool. Uh-oh. But it's all things like him impersonating people and lying about his family and claiming to have cancer and then like moving from coast to coast. Like, Wait, did so I yeah, between. Yeah. This isn't a real person. This is a real person. This oh, is a real is? New Yorker expose that I read. Oh, okay. Um, and he's like so inspired by these books, but then he's like essentially living a Tom Ripley life. Yeah, he he really like really fucked up trying to dupe Peter Pithinsley and still got away with it. Well, the you're you're so on like he's so kind to him. Yeah. Like yeah, you, yeah. he really could have turned his life around yeah, with, yeah. with Peter Smith Kingsley. But instead Matt Damon, best crier in the business. Love a crying Matt Damon. So well, Alex, a, how did you feel about this movie? It's great. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's so good. It's so much better than I thought it was going to yeah, be. This is a payback from forcing me to watch Keeping the Faith. Yeah, that was rough. Keeping uh, the faith. I am going to have to pull a Vite. And get the fuck out of here? I got to get the fuck out of here and go to work. I We're going to go have gelato Whoa. in celebration of spring and spring the Italianness of this movie. We love yeah, Italy yeah. and we love spring. Thanks for spring coming Italia. on and doing this, Mina. Thanks for uh, coming to me and watching it at my house. What can I say? We wouldn't subject you to Alex's bed. <laughs> you could have hung out on my bed. <laughs> Watch it on a broken laptop. Yeah. No, no, I have, no, a, no, that's I have, me. I have a tiny. Alex, Alex has a situation. I have the, I have the oh, tiniest okay. TV screen on top of a bookshelf. Mine's all right. All right. <laughs> it's pretty cute. Uh, yeah, very fun. Thank you, Mina. Well, thanks for having me on. Yeah, yeah Mina's been mentioned in this podcast many a times. And yeah, I actually never. It's our, true. Our, our sh- watching a movie universe. Is yeah. But the, the irony is, I probably will never listen to this particular one because I hate the sound of my own voice. Oh, oh yeah, what? Yeah, yeah. what? No, listen to it. I'll listen to this one. I listen to all of them like the beginning to hear. Yeah. To first of all, to remember something that I can then promote when I promote yeah, yeah. it. Although you you you've been promoting like deep cuts recently like like stuff like like an hour into the podcast yeah yeah because sometimes <laughs> it just stays on it all depends on what i'm listening it, it depends on if i'm cleaning my house would be the uh i sometimes listen to it on the bus when i have no new podcast to listen to yeah i like i like hearing it also to like learn to be like that was interesting when we talk like that that wasn't interesting when i talk like that that's it's true. true. Sometimes I will text you to correct you on things. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I, I, I you guys got this wrong about this movie. I do get text. I do get was confused the last time. She said that we said that uh, Ed Norton wasn't a Woody Allen movie. We were talking about Ben Stiller. I heard it. Yeah, yeah we were talking about oh, Ben Stiller. Okay. Yeah. We were talking okay. about Ben Stiller. Ed Norton was. He was. Uh, he was Everyone yeah. says I love you. Uh, yeah, that's the one. Yeah, my favorite one. How does this always come back to Woody Allen for well, you? What can I say? It's, I have a. He is a one. He's he, he like is, in he every a, podcast. I know it's a problem because then he starts coming in the podcast because I keep mentioning that he's in every podcast. I would also say you know why is because like the line between me and Vite is romantic comedies and almost two pretentious movies. Oh, and, and Woody yeah, Allen that is, is the, the one perfect person Venn diagram center. Yeah. 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 Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> All right. right. That's enough. I love you all. Um, Never forget what Jude Law looks like.
but uh, if you are a member of the Canadian Comedy Awards. Oh, if you're a member of the Canadian Comedy Awards and you listen to this podcast, you can nominate this podcast. You could also nominate me in Best Bub Series for questionable relationship advice. Go ahead, do it. Sometimes some of us want to work in the States and shit like this matters. Yeah, I know. So uh, I hate asking people to do this, but go ahead. Mina, anything you want to promote? Do it. Do it. No. <laughs> not really. Me's got nothing. So CanadianComedyAwards.com, <laughs> only if you're a comedian. Yeah, except for your short film. But <laughs> well, it's not out yet, and it doesn't have any festival dates yet, so there's Ooh, nothing to Will promote. there be a festival? Da- I, I don't to know. Knock on wood. Okay, all right. All right. Ciao. Bye. Bye. Tom Ripley.